lessons like this and truths like this uh, are for someone to file away today. And somewhere in the distant future, they'll face something that they can pull this truth out and rest on it. Pull these truths out and depend on it. Pull these truths out and find direction in their life. May we give attention to the Holy Spirit tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Job was a blessed man. Job uh, was a man uh, who God used in a great, great way. The Bible said that he was a upright and perfect and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. We know uh, that Job is an example of suffering. Let me mention first by way of introduction, there are many reasons a child of God suffers. I think sometimes we get confused when it comes to suffering of why we suffering. I'm going to give you three general reasons of why a Christian will experience suffering. First is the law of sowing and reaping. Some Christians suffer because there is a reaping of the sowing they have done. Sin has consequences. Poor choices brings about results that we do not want to endure. That, that is a self-inflicted. Generally, we don't talk about that kind of suffering as suffering that God, because it is not something that God will put a child of God through. It is something we choose to inflict upon ourselves. But I want to make that very clear tonight. The second one I'll mention, it: there are some that are chosen as vessels of suffering. God chooses, God ordains in the life of a Christian that, that they are going to be a vessel of suffering. Just as I believe God puts on this planet men that from a, uh, before they, were, they ever had life, God had a plan for them. And so many great men of God of the past come to my mind. They were put on this planet and they were great voices of truth and they were great preachers. And you heard them preach and you saw what God did to them and you said, God put them on this earth to pastor that church. God put them on this earth to preach the gospel. That was the vessel they were to be. But likewise, God chooses some to be a vessel of suffering. Just as God gets honor from the preacher who preaches in the Spirit of God, God gets equal honor out of a vessel who he has chosen for suffering, and they suffer and they endure by the grace of God. There are some that God allows to, to, to be a vessel of suffering. Then thirdly, there are some that God allows Satan to prove, Satan to persecute, Satan to afflict. Now, all of these, that, that these categories, if you will, one being self-inflicted, the other two are ordained by God. There are some that are chosen as vessels of, of suffering. I cannot explain it. I cannot give uh, an answer of why uh, God chooses certain people for that. I, can, I, I don't understand it. I can't explain it. The, the, the third one, there are some that God allows Satan to prove. Now, the truth of the matter is, humanly speaking, you can, you can fit in all three of those categories. But the one I want to focus on is uh, the, 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 the latter one. Uh, there are some that God allows Satan to prove. Uh, there, with that in mind, there are three different types or three, should I say, three areas of suffering we see in the life of Job. God gives us no record in the scripture 
that Job is reaping something that he had sown. Now, if you study out the book, he has friends to do that for him. But we find no record in the word of God that this is punishment. This is the results of choices that Job made. We, we find three areas that Job did suffer. There's the physical suffering he endured. The, the, the latter part, or in the middle of chapter number 2, we find him beginning to endure that physical suffering after Satan goes back to God, and God says, see still, he's got his integrity, and Satan says, let me have him. Let me have him, and let me inflict suffering on him. And we find that he is going to go through some physical suffering. And I find, if you find on the pages of Scripture, you can find a parallel, a truth in our day-to-day. If God allowed Satan to afflict physical suffering, we can draw the conclusion that that is something that the Lord would allow to take place in the life of a Christian today for a proving by Satan. Then we find an emotional suffering. Can you imagine the emotional suffering that Job must have endured? He didn't dig one grave for one child. He dug ten. He didn't grieve for the loss of one child. He grieved for the loss of ten. He didn't lose some of his wealth. He didn't make one bad deal. He didn't lose money in the market in this situation. No, in an instant, everything was taken from him. He had his, his, his family that he had to deal with. He had his wealth. We had an emotional suffering. And sometimes God allows things to come into our life. And when I say Satan proves, nothing takes place without God's approval. Nothing takes place without God signing off on the situation. There was emotional suffering that he had to endure. The third area of suffering that I see in the life of Job is spiritual he, he faced persecution. Uh, he faced the affliction of men. Uh, in this world we live in, sometimes we face that by people we work with. Sometimes we face that kind of affliction uh, with unsafe family. Sometimes we face that kind of affliction by, by the, the different belief systems in this world. But I find that Job was chosen to suffer in all three of these areas. Physical suffering is enduring enough. Emotional suffering is enduring enough. Spiritual suffering takes a toll on you in itself. But we find in his life all three of those areas. Now, let me, let me move quickly in the introduction with that in mind. Let me say there is only one Job. Many will suffer. But no one will suffer as Job suffered. So many times I feel like Job. No, you don't. Now I know what Job felt like. No, you don't. Because God chose Job for a specific purpose and allowed Job to go through something. And I'll hit it at the very, very end that he does not allow, he's never, he does, he's not going to allow you and I because this is what Job is chosen for. Now, I'm not going to minimize any suffering that you may go through, but there's only one Job. Many will suffer, but no man will suffer as Job suffered. Often, we focus 
on the results or the story, if you will, of his suffering. When you think of certain Bible characters, you think of certain things. When the, when the Bible character Job is mentioned, you know exactly uh, what, what, he, what we always think of when it comes to Job. If a preacher stands up and says, turn to the book of Job, you automatically think, well, the message is going to be along these lines. That's what we think of. We know Satan targeted him because Scripture tells us that specifically Job was the target. But we need to focus tonight on the why Satan targeted Job. See, Job, the man, was not the target. Satan didn't care about him as a person. Satan cared nothing about his ten children. Satan cared nothing about his wealth or about as many employees as servants. Wealth meant nothing to him. His children meant nothing to him. Job and all of his blessings were not the target. The target was Job's integrity. Satan was not impressed or intimidated by what Job had. Yes, it is true. The more God blesses you as a Christian, the more you're going to be a target to our enemy. The more God blesses a church, the more it is going to be the focus of the enemy. But let's get real tonight. Satan does not care how much money you have in your bank account. He's not after your money. Satan does not care how, what kind of house you live in. He's not after your house. Those things mean nothing to him. He walks to and fro around, across this earth. He was focused on not what Job had. He was focused on what Job was. Be reminded of the story. Satan walks in, the accuser of the brethren. God says, have you considered my servant Job? Verse number one of the entire book tells us what kind of man he was. That became the focus. See, he was different than every other man, not because of his reputation, not because of his net worth, but because he had the attention of God. Don't miss that. He was different than every other man, not because of his reputation or, or not because of his net worth, but because he had the attention of God. Job, think about that. On the lips of God was the name Job. When Satan came accusing the brethren, the lips of God was the name of Job. Job was a perfect man, meaning complete or undefiled. He was upright. Or he was righteous. He feared God, meaning he was obedient. And he eschewed, or he ran from, departed from, abstained from every evil thing. Satan targeted Job, not because he was blessed by God, because he loved God and hated sin. He was targeted by Satan, not because of his blessings, but because he obeyed God and ran from evil. Don't miss this. His integrity or his character was such that he not only offered sacrifices for himself, but for each of his children. Verse number 2 and verse number 3 of Job chapter 1 tells us that. How dedicated do you have to be to God 
to not only make the sacrifices for yourself, but make the sacrifices, and if you study it out, because he mentions, and I'm paraphrasing, just in case they had an evil thought in their heart, I am going to be, I'm so concerned with what God thinks that I'm going to make sacrifices on their behalf. This is the man that he was. Uh, just in case they had an impure thought or motive hid in their heart, he would have been the type of man who made sure his children were in church every service. He had been the type of man who made sure they were under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. He's the type of man who would have chose the church not based on peripheral things or programs or movie characters coming to the, to, the, to the campus. He would have chose it based on the right kind of teaching. He was the kind of man who stayed up in the hours of the night praying for his children. He was the kind of man who would get up early in the morning because of the burden on his heart for the ten children, for the family that God has given him. He was the type of man who took consideration of the blessings he did have and the responsibility he had. This is the kind of man that he was. This was his integrity. See, sometimes we think we are more special than we are. Well, Satan's after me. He doesn't care about you. He's not impressed with you. He's not impressed with me. All he cares about is what God thinks of us. All he cares about is how God looks at us. Now, we know he loves us. We know he sent his son to die for us. We know God is a, is a long-suffering God, and we know that God is always a God of love, and we know all of that, but don't miss this. The, the, the more character or integrity Job had, the more it got God's attention, and likewise, it got Satan's attention. Satan didn't target the blessings. Satan did not target uh, the ten children. Say, what do you mean, Pastor? He, those ten children died. That was not his target. He attacked the blessings to affect the integrity. Don't miss that. He, he took away the wealth. That was not. You think Satan needs our wealth? You think Satan needs the, 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 the finances that you have? No, no, no. He targets the integrity to. He targets the finances to affect the integrity. Listen carefully. I hope this is making sense to you. This is why a church like ours will always face satanic opposition. Let me offer a scenario. Satan enters the presence of God. And God asks the question, where have you been? Satan replies, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking upon, up and down in it. Satan throws in the face of God... The compromise of once Bible-believing churches. He laughs as he points out to God the churches that once practiced holiness that are now carnal. The churches that once sought for lost souls and now focus on social activism. The churches that once stood firm on Bible doctrine but now is ecumenical in practice. Satan smirks in the presence of God as he speaks of the list of second-generation preachers mocking their father's Bible position. 
Satan can hardly contain himself as he continues his tirade, listing pulpits silent on sin, Christian living like the, like the lost and congregations blaspheming the Spirit of God. In this scenario, God asked the question, have you considered the Emmanuel Baptist Church? And there's many others. After decades, they still stand on the word of God, believe in holy living, obey my word, pursue lost souls. Oh, but Satan responds, let them face persecution. Let them deal with hardships. Then they will compromise they will give in, they will change, just like all the others. Let me take things away from them. Let me take prestige away from them, and they will curse you to your face. Let me give you another scenario. God asked the same question, where have you been? Satan gives him the same answer. Been walking to and fro on the earth. Satan, the accuser, then does what Satan does. He begins to speak, and by the way, it ought to really grab a hold of us to think that Satan could use us to try and hurt God. Satan can use our disobedience to try and hurt God. Satan can use our, our poor choices, our, our lack of conviction on the Word of God to hurt God. That ought to, that ought to grab a hold of us right there. But God asks the same question, where have you been? He gets the same answer. Then Satan begins to speak of all the Christians who at one time had served the Lord. They had tithed and given to missions. They had labored to bring souls to Christ. They had faithfully studied the Bible and prayed. They had reared their children to please God, but now they're unfaithful to church. Now they spend their money on sin. Now they serve themselves. Now they... Live in a way that you'd never know that they were a child of God. God replies, have you considered? He names the name of a faithful Christian who continues to serve God year after year, decade after decade. Let me give you another scenario. God asks the same question of Satan. Satan gives him the same answer. Then Satan begins. He lists all the names of the young men and young ladies who were reared in a Christian home, grew up in a Bible-believing church. Yet, instead of accepting their responsibility, serve themselves. They live like the world and waste the investment in their lives. All the while, Satan uses this to attempt, as an attempt to hurt God. God responds, have you considered? And he lists the name of men and women who did answer the call, who did make different choices, who did serve God. You say, Pastor, what, what is the point in this? There's a very important thing that we need to see when it comes to the target of Satan. We know that God allowed Satan 
to, 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 uh, for, for Job to endure suffering because Satan accused the brethren. Job lived in such a way that God used him. Have you considered him? It was not Job himself that was the target. It was Job's integrity. It was his character that was the target. It was not his blessings. And I want you to get this this evening because you may look at your Christian life and say, I'm not blessed like this Christian's blessed. I'm not, I don't have what this person has. Friend, don't focus on your blessings. Don't focus on what you have or don't have. The focus is on your integrity. The focus is on your character. The focus is on are we obeying God? Are we serving God? Are we obedient to the word of God? But just as Job and what I can draw from this, if my integrity it may not match up with Job's, but if it can just enter into the realm of the conversation, one is going to please my God. One is going to please the heart of my God. And Satan doesn't like a Christian who pleases God. Satan attacks the blessing. God, and by the way, if you have Christian integrity, if you have Christian character, God's going to bless you for that. You think it's a coincidence that Job had everything he had and God said about Job what God said about Job? I don't think it's a coincidence at all. God blessed him, but because of that, and because of Satan's nature, we find that he was the target. Now, I've laid that foundation as quickly and clearly as I possibly can. And I only have 10 statements that I'm going to make to you tonight. Are you ready? Statement number one. God blessed Job because of his integrity. Very simple. God blessed Job because of his integrity. Job was blessed because of his integrity. He, the integrity he did have, he wasn't blessed because of his blessings. Simple, I've said it two or three different ways, but this is foundational. I want to be blessed by God. How many of you would like to be blessed by God? If we're not careful, we'll focus on, I just want to be blessed by God, and why won't God bless me, instead of focusing on the integrity that we should have. Focusing on our character. That we should have. And so many times we use as an excuse for us lacking in an area of character because we look and say, well, if God had blessed me like He blessed them, what does that have to do with how we live? So, Job was blessed, God blessed Job because of his integrity. He was blessed because of his integrity. He did not have integrity because of his blessings. Don't miss that. I've heard so many say, well, if God did this for me, then I'll do this for him. That wasn't Job. Job didn't get integrity because God blessed him. Job was a man of integrity. We find him in chapter number one. He had the blessings of God. But when they were taken away, he still had his integrity. And there's too many that say, well, if God will show me how this is going to work out, then, no, 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 you just focus on pleasing God. You just focus on, 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 on serving him, obeying him. I say this to all of us all the time. I'm not going to answer for you. I'm going to answer for me. You're not going to answer for anybody. Some of you will sell out God for a friend, a family member. Guess what? They're not going to stand before you when you stand before God. 
They're nowhere to be. They're, gonna, they're not going to be anywhere to be found. It is you and God. We need to focus on having our Christian character, our integrity. He didn't have it because God blessed him. God blessed him because he had it. Statement number two. Satan attacked Job's blessings because they were the result of his integrity. Don't miss that. Satan attacked Job's blessings because they were the results of his integrity. How could Satan attack your integrity? How could he attack your character? He attacked the blessings. That's why he's a roaring lion. He makes a lot of noise. But he can control your will. You choose. The devil, the devil has never made anybody do anything. You're trying to give him credit for a conscious decision that you made. But he attacked his blessings because they were a result of his integrity. Again, I say doesn't, Satan doesn't care about your blessings. He cares about your integrity. He doesn't care. Oh, I'm, oh, look what God did for me. I'm going to be a target. No, that's not why you're a target. You're a target because of the character you have. That's why you watch young Christians. They get saved to begin to grow. Their character changes. That's when you see Satan come after them. He doesn't want anybody to be saved. But once somebody is saved, he knows he can't do anything about that. He just don't want them to ever grow. And as long as they don't grow in that Christian life, he won't bother them. But let their character begin to change. Their integrity start to change. Then that's when they become a target. Number three. They're going to get more specific now. The attack on his integrity did not come from Satan but from man. Now, we've already said Satan didn't attack his integrity. But that's why Satan attacked him. What did Satan say right away? Let me take all his blessings, God, and he'll curse you. Why wouldn't he praise you? Look at what you've done for him. Take it all away, and he'll curse you. He stripped the blessings away. He couldn't touch his integrity. Are you following me? Satan didn't attack the integrity. He attacked the blessings of God because Satan wants you and I to believe that God, that serving God is only worth it when we get benefits from it. But it wasn't Satan that attacked his, his integrity. It was man. In chapter 2, verse 9, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Now, we could go into tonight all the reasons why she may or may not have done that. The point is, she brought up his integrity. Now, now you might can look at a different context, but oh, that, how, how far is that getting you now? Quit talking to me how good God is and how God's in control. Won't you just, you still have that integrity? You'd just be better off dead? Uh, that, she brought up his integrity. His friends, those miserable comforters, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, they are the ones who assumed and, attacked and accused, well, they're going through that. You ever get a text like that? Pray for so-and-so. They're really going through it now. I pray they get things right with God so they can get delivered. 
Pastor, pray for. They're going through this, and I just know I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. If you say it three times, that, that, that's a sign of sincerity. They just, they just won't. They just won't. They won't, give, they won't get right with. May or may not be true. But we're going to see in a moment that we don't know the heart of men. Others will misjudge your situation. There's people in this room that you have what we would call a prodigal. They're away from God. That's a heavy burden to carry and live with. And I've had more than one conversation where it's been said to me by a parent of a prodigal or alluded to me, well, so-and-so's going to think I'm a bad parent. If you reared your children according to this book, Satan knows that. What does the Bible tell us for the child of God what our children are? They're our heritage. They're our blessings. They're our future. It's our inheritance. Is there anything more valuable than the children God gives us? But Satan's got, Satan will go after that. And I'll show you in a moment, if, if all of your children have chosen right, you ought to get on your knees and you ought to thank God every day. But I'll, I, I, I'll get back around to that and say, well, Pastor, you know, sometimes if you've got a prodigal tonight, let me just help you tonight. Somebody's going to misjudge you. And by the way, quit beating yourself up. That's a whole other Bible study, but somebody's going to misjudge you. If they had, I can't believe, I remember on that one time when their child was this old and they did this and they didn't, may or may not be true. But if we don't live in their home, that's just one illustration. There's many that I can use, but others will misjudge. It's the attack on his integrity did not come from Satan, but from man. And by the way, uh, I don't want to be that kind of friend. I don't want to be a miserable comforter. Number four, Job's suffering not only revealed his integrity, but revealed the integrity of others. Anybody in here ever meet anybody named Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar? Anybody ever heard those names before? One, you're not going to hear anybody name that because of the, the names are that weird. But it revealed the integrity. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to sit here, and there's a lot you could be said about Job's wife. But I would dare say Job's integrity, his Christian character, he was a little bit closer to the Lord. That's just a judgment on my part. I could be wrong. I read in chapter number one, this is, I feel very, I feel very comfortable saying, Job would offer sacrifices on their part because there's at least a doubt in his mind. It was his integrity. But through all of this, it not only revealed his integrity, but it revealed the integrity of others. That's why you and I got to be very, very careful to jump into conclusions why God allows somebody to go through a certain thing. There's some of you, there's people all over this building tonight going through a lot of different things. And nobody really knows but, the, but God of if, if he's made you a vessel of suffering or whether or not he's allowed 
Satan to target the integrity. Remember, this integrity, this character is important because so much happens when we live by the word of God. I've got, I've got to hurry. Uh, his, his suffering revealed the integrity of others, not just his own. Number five, God knows the heart. God knows the heart. Did I tell you I had 10 tonight and I've and, and I got to move quickly? He knows the heart. See, man knows your reputation only. God knows your integrity. I think this church is the greatest church in the world. I think the greatest Christians in the world sit in this building tonight. And if you look around, the world doesn't have much hope, if, if that's true. No. But I don't know your integrity. I can assume and I can judge your integrity by what I see. But God knows your heart. You ever see somebody just fall by the wayside and shock you? How did that happen? Because there was a character flaw. There was something in their character that did not add up. We can only judge by what we see, but God knows the heart. It was, the Pharisees had a stellar reputation with the religious crowd. But Jesus called them white as sepulchers full of dead men's bones. So, Pastor, why, why, do you, why, why, do you, why do you why do you bring that up? Because we live in a day that we're so interconnected with this world through social media, otherwise, where we work, the things we see, that too many Christians are more concerned with building a reputation with man than building their character with God. And I don't really don't have time to park here. Well, don't, don't let your, 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 your teenagers, your young people get addicted to social media. Y'all do realize that the Internet's not reality? I've got so... Look at how many Facebook friends I have. They're not really your friends. They're not. Just because they say they're a... That doesn't really make them a friend. But I got so... I got this post and look at how many likes I have. Say, Pastor, this is silly. Oh, no, it's not silly. Because we have a generation that's come up today, they're programmed to project to get man's approval. And if we're not careful, we as Christians will spend more time trying to build a reputation with somebody we don't even know and will never meet than we are the integrity with our God. Would you like me to move on to number six? Number six, Satan assumed Job would turn on God as he had. Don't let that simple statement pass you by. Satan assumed Job would turn on God as he had. Chapter one, I remind you of verse 10 and 11, which we read, Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance has increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Satan assumed Job had the same character as he had. Satan assumed you take away the good that you've done to him, because Satan is evil. He's the embodiment of evil. He, does not, he can think any other way than it is his very nature. 
and there's no reason he would serve God. That's why he rebelled against him. There's no reason he would submit against God. And so in his own mindset, in his own thinking, you take away his blessings, you remove the head, you remove his hand, and he'll curse you to your face. He assumed that Job would, would turn on God as he had. I make that point, don't, don't turn on God. You turn your back on God, we don't say this enough because in this politically correct world we live in, it's satanic to rebel against God. That's why young people, if you've got, every, every teenager's got rebel in them. You know how I know that? Because I know their mom and daddy. All of us have rebel in them. Well, they're just going through a stage. Rebellion is satanic. Satan assumed Job would turn on God as he had. Number seven. This is big. This is big. During his suffering, Job relied on his integrity, not his blessings. Job reaped the benefit of his blessings. Hey, ten kids. I hate to see the grocery bill, but fortunately for him, he had all the flocks and he had all exciting Wealth, everything he needed, but that was all taken away from him. And during his lowest times, he didn't have a friend. He didn't have a family member. He didn't have his wealth. He didn't have his popularity. He had one thing, his character, his integrity. Friend, we can apply this across the board, whether or not God allows you to be proven by Satan, whether or not God allow, uh, chooses you to be a vessel of suffering, or just life happens. Because a lot of times, things in life just happen, and we want to blame it on this and that. It's just life. We all face things in life, no matter which applies. When it gets down to it, and you don't have a man to depend on, you don't have a blessing, if I can put it in that, in that respect, to, to lean on, all you have is your integrity. How are you going to be doing? All you have is your character. How are you going to be doing? During his suffering, Job relied on his integrity, not his blessings. Verse 20 of chapter number 1. You still with me? Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground in worship. How many of us would have done that? He just had everything taken from him. He's on the ground and worship and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have a hard time saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord when everything's good. We want to complain it's not better. What I know we're out of time. Listen to this verse. In all this, verse 22, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Sounds like a man of integrity. Sounds like a man who practiced depending on God. He practiced trusting God. He really believed God was in control. He really believed he was just the worm that got to serve in the presence of God. He really believed that God was who God said he was. And when it was all taken away, he didn't have his blessings to depend on. He just had his integrity. Truth of the matter is, 
Satan was surprised by Job because so many Christians, when they go through difficulty and the blessings are gone, they don't have the integrity to not give up. It turns into, well, all I've tried to do is serve the Lord. And God did this. And God. That's not what Job's integrity was. Again, that's why you focus. Hey, parents, I know, I know I'm out of time. Teach your kids character. That's what's important. You, you young men that want to be in the ministry one day, oh, I used to hear Dr. Jack Howe said over and over, don't hire talent. I have followed that to a T around here. He said hire character. And if you get talent with that character, you got a winning combination. But you've got to have the character. Number eight. Job had to wait on vindication, but vindication came. Chapter number 40 and verse number 12. I'm sorry, 42, verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Verse 16, after this, lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. Verse 17, so Job died being old and full of days. There's an after this. Job had to wait on vindication, but vindication came. So Pastor, what are you talking about? Doing right is its own reward. Some of you are going to lose friends. You've lost friends. You're going to lose friends because you will not compromise that Bible. You do it because God deserves it. You do it because it's the right thing to do. But the time's going to come doing right is vindicated. So, Pastor, what does that mean? Does that mean so-and-so is going to get, get what's coming? And, and to hear him acknowledge to think about God himself sitting on his throne. Oh, let me talk about Job. Oh, let me talk about him. What an aspiration for you and I to live in such a way that God might would possibly think, oh, there's somebody who just wants to please me. There's somebody when they were faced with a decision, they chose me over somebody else. They chose me over their own pleasure. They chose me, and he had to wait on vindication. But God allowed him to have vindication in his lifetime. But friend, some ask the question, why has God allowed me to go through this? Why am I having to endure this suffering, whether it be emotional or physical or spiritual? Why am I having to go through this? You may get an answer down here. Right always pays off. Right is always vindicated. Always vindicated. You may not see it now. You may not see it tomorrow. You may not see it in a decade, but it is always vindicated. The goal is an integrity that gets the attention of God, not blessings that gets the attention of men. Did you get that? The goal is to have integrity that gets the attention of God, not blessings that gets the attention of men. Now, I want the blessings of God. And if we obey that book, we'll get the blessings of God. 
Don't be embarrassed by the blessings of God. Enjoy the blessings of God. Reap the blessings of God. But don't live for those. We've been influenced in so many ways we don't know. They, you know the, the, prosperity, the prosperity thing, hope you do this and God's going to do this. You know, and sometimes we, as, as, as even Baptist Bible-believing preachers, we do it. You, you tithe and God will bless you. That shouldn't be our motivation. I give because He's worthy. I give because it's His anyway. Let that, when we get to that place when we do because it pleases God. Hey, you, you young people, and I've been on this for a while, and, and, and until the Lord moves me on, I'm going to stay on it. Don't, don't decide what you're going to do with your life because it pleases mom, dad, grandma, granddad, or even pastor. Does it please God? What does God want? Well, he blessed me. No, if you do right, he'll bless you. But that shouldn't be our motivation. Our motivation ought to be our character, our integrity. God asks this. God demands this. God is blessed by this. Number 10, and I'm done. Your integrity is not the deciding factor in whether or not you will suffer at Satan's hand. So wait a minute, Pastor. You have just preached for an hour and 45 minutes. I know it seems that long. On the fact that Satan's target was Job's integrity, his character. And now you're telling us at the end, your integrity is not the deciding factor in whether or not you will suffer at Satan's hand? Yes, look back, first chapter of Job again. Verse 8, And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? God is saying that about him. God knew his integrity. God's reminding him of his integrity. But notice verse number 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Verse 10, Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? So you Satan's target was Job's integrity, but your integrity is not the deciding factor in whether or not you will suffer at Satan's hand. Ultimately, the hedge determines whether or not you will endure suffering. So, Pastor, what's the point in that? God's got a hedge around all of us. I believe with my whole heart you ought to rear your children according to this book, not according to the, 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 the sports mentality, not according to Hollywood, not according to Disney, not according to Marvel Comics, according to the Word of God. Not, is Pokemon still a thing? Not Pokemon or whatever. Not according to, according to the Word of God. But I mentioned earlier, some of you got a prodigal and you did that. When you rear your, every, every parent in here has still got children home, you rear your kids according to, to, to the word of God, that's not enough. 
You better get in your prayer closet. You better, you better build their character, your character. And in spite of how, how, how what we do, how, how much we obey that book, we're still protected by the hedge. Now, the Bible talks a lot about the hedge. We don't have time for that tonight. But I believe the stronger your character, the stronger the hedge. The more you spend time in prayer, the stronger the hedge. But Job had the integrity, and Satan wanted to target it, and there was nothing Satan can do until God lowered that hedge. I say all that to say, do right without fear and hesitation of the consequences. I know people who are, who've had to endure suffering, and I, and I would say, I don't know that I would say it to them, but in my own heart, I feel confident in saying God's chosen them to be a vessel of suffering. There's some who I know, they may be here, they may be at other places in this world, who I believe they're enduring some things, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, that would say God's allowing Satan to prove them. I don't know that I can prove it, but that's just what I believe in my heart. So you say, well, Pastor, they, they, I'm not as, my integrity is not of that. But I also know people who I think are the best people in the world. And everything good happens for them. Nothing ever. It's just like God just works every single thing out. Every once in a while, God allows something to prove us. Every once in a while, but it seems like they're God's pet. You all know anybody like that? I've got preacher friends. We're like, man, we're trying to build this, and the county do this, and we're trying to do this, and we're trying to do this. They're like, well, somebody just walked in and gave me $2 million a day, and the county said, do whatever you want to do. And, matter of fact, we'll send our crews down there to help you build, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, they're in. Why, why? If, the, if, if t- integrity is the target, because God still has the say. That hedge. All of us ought to give thanks to God for the hedge. And what a pattern and what an example Job has set for us when it comes to the target. Hey, let's, let's build our integrity. This will help some of you because I've heard this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Pastor, my troubles didn't start until I started doing right. And we throw out a general, well, Satan's going to oppose you. Well, I think we've put some examples and some principles of what the actual target is so that we can understand Satan hates that which moves the heart of God. Father, I pray for you.